There is power in the blood today. Thank God we have that hope. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I just want to say today that the blood that Jesus shed way back on Calvary, that same blood reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. The blood that Jesus shed from day to day, it will never lose its power. It'll never expire. How many knows you can pick up a can of beans at the store and it's going to have an expiration date on it? You can pick up some things in life and it'll tell you after a certain time it, it don't have any, any ability to, to have a, the full virtue that it once had. But I got news for you today. The blood of Jesus will never lose its strength or its power today. And we can rejoice in that wonderful hope today. We're grateful for that. It's so good to be able to come to you today and to share with you from the Word of God. If you have your Bibles there in your living rooms or wherever you may be, if you're driving, don't pick your Bible up. Just keep driving. Some of you may be listening riding down the road. So uh, we want to share this scripture with you. A very, very stirring word from God. It's been in my heart throughout this week. Throughout this week. And how many knows that sometimes... Uh, in your correspondence and in your ministry moments and meetings that God will speak to you as, as you're just uh, having conversations sometimes with people. And, and sometimes it's not what they say, it's not what you say, but it's what God says in the middle of it all. And God really began to deal with me concerning verse 10 of Psalm chapter 51. How many is glad to be Pentecostal today? Amen. Thankful to be a part of the Pentecostal movement. We have a great heritage that goes all the way back to Acts chapter 2. Not just, not just back to Azusa Street. Praise God, this thing goes all the way back to what happened in Acts chapter 2. In verse 10 of Psalm 51, the Bible said David was praying unto the Lord after his failures and he looked at the condition of his life and he said, God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. The contemporary English version of Psalm 51 and 10 reads this way. It says, create pure thoughts in me and make me faithful again. In God's word translation, it says it this way. Create in me a clean heart Oh God, and renew a faithful spirit within me. I asked the question as we begin to prepare to read the scripture. I said, how many is glad to be Pentecostal today? 
First and foremost, I'm glad to be a child of God. Glad to be saved. Glad to know my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm glad to know that man does not get to determine that, but God does. But I'm also glad that I'm not just saved, but that I've had an experience with God like they did in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And it changed my life and my walk with God forever. Now, when I came into the Pentecostal church, there was a lot of things happening that we don't see happening today. You say, well, preacher, you don't want to get judgmental today. No, I'm just going to, going to share what God placed in my heart today. Things ain't like they used to be. Some of those things, that's a good thing. But there's some things we left behind that we need right now. There are some things that God wants to do in us as a Pentecostal church that our forefathers got to enjoy and they wasn't ashamed to enjoy it. Amen. Moving of God's precious Holy Spirit. I want to preach for a few moments. If we're going to go on, then let's go on. But we can't go on like this. Amen. We've got to go on with faith in God. Lord, I pray that you'll touch this word, God, that you would speak to our hearts, anoint these lips. God, that you would let me preach like a man from another world. Lord, covered by your grace, hidden behind your anointing, that the words that are spoken, God, would be that, Father, which you have sent forth to pierce the hearts, God, and to, to change lives today. And Lord, that we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Right there in your homes, everybody just shout with me. We can't go on like this. Amen. As we begin to see David's life, we begin to see the things that he is talking to the Lord about. We understand that there is a dire desire within David's life to recognize the fact that he could not and did not want to go on the way he was, that he needed some change in his life. He knew that he had failed God. He knew that he had crossed the borders of morality and failed him in so many ways. Not only did this affect his relationship with God, but this also affected his ability to be able to walk forward in the blessing of God. When we begin to understand where David's at, he's understanding that's not only affecting his relationship and how that he is walking in the blessings and in the, the pleasures that God has provided for him, but it's also affected his ability to have right relationships with those around them. Now, I thought about so often how many people that knew what David did maybe walked by him and turned their face up at him and maybe didn't want to face him, maybe didn't even want to be around him, but then David was the kind of man that knew that I can't stay this way. I'm talking to some folks today because God has placed this deep within my heart that we must understand where David was at and correspond and parallel his life to the, the things that God is calling us to today. David realized that I've got to make a change. There's got to be some things that happen in my life and I don't have the ability to do it. Nothing I do is going to change it. I can go back 
back and apologize. It's not going to cleanse my heart. I can go back and, and try to make things right and try to make restitution financially, but it's not going to change my life. I need God, the one who is able to cover me and cleanse me from it all. I need his grace. I need his anointing. I need a, a different heart. I need God to do something within me that's not only going to benefit my relationship with him, but it's going to benefit my relationship with those around me. David said, I can't go on like this. So he said, God created me a clean heart. David understood that God had the ability to forgive him, that God had the ability to cleanse his heart and to allow his heart to begin to have thoughts of goodness and thoughts of godliness and thoughts, come on somebody, and thoughts today that are righteous before God because when you begin to fall into the trap of temptation and sin begins to get a hold of your life, it begins to cloud your judgment. Your heart is not not flowing in the perspective of righteousness and godly desire anymore, but it's been infected by the things of this world. But I come to tell somebody this morning, amen, that David said, I can't stay this way. I don't like the way I feel. I got to change some things in my life. And he said, God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. David not only wanted God, the godly virtues flowing through his life and, and through his heart, but he wanted to have a faithful spirit again. He wanted to have a spirit that was diligent again. I come to tell somebody today that we desire to be the church that God has called us to be. That we have said and declared that we are Pentecostal. I tell you if we're Pentecostal then it's time to listen to what God's word says and turn back to the truths of his word and find out what happened between the time we became Pentecostal till we reached the place where we're at now. We've learned how to make it look good but I'm telling you I'd rather have an anointing of God's Holy Ghost flowing amen hairpins falling out of people's hair and lives being changed, tongues being spoken through every life across the church, hands being raised, and people giving glory to God through the depths of their soul by the by the power of the Holy Ghost today. We are a Pentecostal church today. We're supposed to be a Pentecostal people. You don't have to wait to get a, get to church to have a Pentecostal fit. You can have one in your living room. You can have one, amen, in your backyard. You can have one wherever you go. Amen. I'm not ashamed of this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. If we're Pentecostal, then we ought to be Pentecostal. And the power of God, amen, should be manifest in our life, not just our attendance. See, man, it's more than this. When David reached a place where he said, I can't take no more, if he had a, he'd have reached a place of complacency. What has happened to the Pentecostal movement? I'm going to go ahead and tell you what, is, what God has spoken to my heart in Romans chapter 6, verse 13. He said, neither yield ye members as instruments of unrighteousness again unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Amen as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. 
What has happened to the Pentecostal movement? We've stopped yielding to God and started yielding to opinions. We've stopped yielding to God and started yielding to the world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, the word said the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul is simply saying this, amen. If you're going to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish as a people and as a church, you've got to have God's grace and you've got to have the love of God and you also got to have the communion of the Holy Spirit. I wish somebody would hear what Paul is saying. The communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. We need a Pentecostal movement again. Not one. Amen to God that is disconnected from the wisdom of God but one that comes in power. One that builds faith. One that when they come in broken they can leave delivered because they not only hear a word they experience a word from God in their life. We have quit. People have quit yielding. We've traded moves of God for programs. It'd be all right with me if we just showed up here, amen, to God, and we just begin to worship from wherever we're at, even when we come back again, amen. I don't want to have to preach the first service I get back. Amen. I don't, I, I don't want to have to. I will, but I don't want to have to. I want God to move in such a way that we feel the mighty power of his resurrection glory begin to raise up the dead from their spiritual dead conditions. I'd love to see every heart and every life with their hands raised, amen, and pride placed under their feet and saying, God, I want all that you have for me. You've been so good to me. I wish somebody would give him glory in your place right now. I don't want to have to preach. Yielding unto the Spirit of God, we, we have quenched the Spirit. Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, he said, quench not the Spirit of God. I remember when I had my Acts 2 experience in life, I couldn't wait to get to church. I knew I didn't have to wait to get there in order for God to move, but I couldn't wait to get to church. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You can't wait to get here even now. But I wasn't coming just to hear the preacher. I wasn't coming, amen, just to hear who was singing. I came with a vision that crossed the borders of who was behind the pulpit and who was singing. I wanted to worship the one that whoever was preaching was preaching about and whoever was singing was singing about. And I wanted to see a move of God. I wanted to feel God's presence when I walked in. And so if I wanted to do that, then I had to look within myself and see that I was walking in a place that I would not miss what God had for me. Because the enemy did, he knew what he was doing. 
He wanted to stop the shout. He wanted to stop the praise. He wanted to put the pressure back behind the pulpit again. And the pressure shouldn't be behind the pulpit. Amen to God. The pressure shouldn't be in the congregation. There should be no pressure. Amen. Relevant to the stage or to the position. He wanted to put the pressure back on us so that we would find ourselves trying to make happen what we can't make happen. But we can't make a Pentecostal movement happen. No matter how hard we sing, how beautifully we preach, no matter what we do. But what we can do is position ourselves in a place of faith in surrender and reality and truth within our lives. And Pentecost by nature was a was an experience. Amen. That you saw true repentance. It was a heartfelt desire. His presence was sought after. They didn't come to church shaking hands and smiling tell them how beautiful you look today most of the time you'd find them in a prayer room and in the altar of prayer praying my God move he met in the house of the Lord that we feel your presence that the lost will be saved and that those that desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost will be filled with the Holy Ghost oh come on now he man, this was Pentecost by nature the gifts operated in every service. Preacher, we're going to send you to the four square gospel. You're too hard for us. The gifts operated in every service. How many know that when God would send forth a word that it would begin to create a holy silence upon the congregation as your heart intently waited to hear what the, what the translation was. And in your life you wondered, was God going to be saying something to you? I've known of many people that look for a word from God. When's the last time that tongues were spoken and a message was given out in the church? When's the last time? It's good preaching. Preacher, preach on. It used to be quite frequently. But we done got too professional for all that. We've done got too good for all that. We done got too dressed up for all that. When we need to understand that we have not positioned ourselves to experience that again. We have quenched the spirit and somebody is listening for a word from God that will come through the gifts operating through the Spirit, whether through tongue interpretation, whether through prophecy, no matter what the case might be, that God's gifts would operate in every service. The fruits of the Spirit were desired. Amen. People passionately worshiped. Somebody said the other day, I'm ready for a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost camp meeting again. I don't know about you, but I am too. And we ought to be having them in every church that says they're Pentecostal today. Hallelujah. We shouldn't have to prime the pump. I'm tired of priming the pump. Amen. We shouldn't have to come in here. 
Lord, I hope this water is going to break forth. Shouldn't have to come in here and preach in any church to try to prime the pump, worship to try to prime the pump. But when we walk in these doors, there ought to be a spirit of excitement and anticipation and ex- Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Now here we are trying to prime the prompt, trying to preach people happy, trying to give them something that make them feel good about God's love for them and also make them feel good about continuing to live in their condition. Here we are. Bless me if you can. If not, I'm going to go to another church. Bless me if you can. If you can't, then I'm, I'm going to turn on TV and find me a preacher or, or, or somebody that can bless me. Bless me if you can. It ain't my job to bless you. That's God's job. It's my job to just be obedient. It ain't the praise team's job to bless you. Ever said, oh, you blessed my heart today. Well, they did what God told them to do, but it wasn't God, their job to bless you. It was God's job to bless you through them. For, don't forget where it comes from. This message ain't coming from a preacher who's been sitting in a bedroom all day frustrated because he can't have his way and trying to figure out how he can manipulate people. This is a word from the scripture that David said, I can't stay this way anymore. I want Pentecost. I don't know about you. I want Pentecost. I want a clean heart. I want a right spirit. I want to see a move of God so mighty that it shakes the foundation. If coronavirus can shake shut down America and the world. God's Holy Ghost can raise up. He can raise up this church today. He can raise up. I had somebody tell me one time, I ain't trying to move all over the place. Somebody told me one time, said, Preacher, I'm just waiting till I hear and feel a goosebump before I start moving. I'm not. At times I got my hand in the air and I'm praising God and I'm praying and I don't feel a thing. But while I'm doing what I'm doing in obedience to God, the Holy Ghost is coming over and anointing me and I feel his presence and he's touching my life and he's changing me and preparing me for worship. This bless me if you can mess this religious perfectionism mess come on somebody this trying to to shine amen like a diamond in the rough of the world by our own agendas is not going to work it takes change the reason why Some things have been left behind and some things that should have been there 
left behind have stayed and those things that haven't come forward is because it wasn't God. It was us. It was us. We stopped praying. We stopped lifting our hands. We stopped seeking after the Lord. We stopped being faithful. I got news for you. There's some folks that need a touch from God and they're not praying. I lay me down to sleep prayers. They're praying prayers of faith, fervent prayers. There's people got lost loved ones. They're praying fervent prayers. Oh, but we, we've, we've, we've tried to be like the Pharisees and, and say a prayer that sounds educated, that sounds religious, that sounds so beautiful. I don't care how good it sounds. As long as it gets through to heaven's throne today. We've stopped letting the Holy Ghost have his way. We've stopped loving God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. Yes, 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 preacher, you, you're judging us. It's the truth. God help us. When we love more about what's going on around us than the one that should be going on in us. After all, the Holy Ghost convicts of sin, don't he? Why shouldn't we yield to him? We can't have that. Because if we do that, then the world won't approve. Amen. The Holy Ghost sanctifies. Well, we can't have that. Then we won't fit into the world. Well, the Holy Ghost leads us. Well, we can't have that. We might lose our friends. The Holy Ghost works through us. We can't have that. The world might think we're crazy. R.W. Shamboxing. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. I was preaching a revival one time. This pastor said, Every, about every two seconds, he said, preach. He would lie to the rest of them, preach. Finally, I had to stop. I said, brother, I'm doing everything I can to. I'm trying to preach. Preach. We don't want the world to think we're crazy. They already do right now. Well, them Pentecostals, you know, they believe in divine healing. Why are, they, why are they not in the church laying hands on all these COVID-19 patients? And Have you heard that? How come people still got cancer? See, see, they think just because we're Pentecostals to believe in divine healing that we have the power to heal everybody. And what they don't understand is God don't heal everybody. Come on now. But he will heal somebody. And I ain't about to go lay hands on nobody and pray for them unless God tells me to go pray for them. And I'm surely not going to tell them they're healed unless God tells me to tell them they're healed. But I will pray for them and believe in God's grace and mercy and power to touch. And if God tells me they're going to be healed, I don't mind sharing that word with them. I'll tell them. But, but the truth of the matter is, is just because we're Christians, it does not make us God to control his sovereignty. But it does make us saved. 
I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me to know. It makes me a child of God. Amen. Just knowing Christ as Savior and having the acts to experience in my life. Yeah, there have been times when God will heal. There have been times when God would do miracles. There have been times that he'd do that through God's people by those that have experienced the book of Acts. But let me go ahead and tell somebody today, they're going to make fun of you no matter what you do. If you shout, they're going to laugh at you. If you lift your hands, they're going to think you're crazy. If you walk by and shout amen in the grocery store, they're going to look at you like a calf stared at a new gate. But one day they're going to know why you're shouting. They're going to know why you're praising God. They're going to know why you're rejoicing. And I hope it's on this side of eternity. Holy Ghost might take over the service. We can't have that. We won't get out of service on time. Well, if we won't have it, God won't bless it. God wants, how many wants God to bless us in your homes? You want him to bless you and your family and your church. Oh, you've already been blessed by, by his grace and by the cross, but how many want to walk, amen, in, in, in great and powerful ministry? There are people out there today that would, that would probably criticize what I'm saying today. That's all right, criticize it. Everything I'm saying, you can line up with the scripture. You can go all the way back to the book of Acts and you can watch them as they minister throughout the scripture. And I want to go ahead and tell you, amen, that thousands of people were saved, not because we learned how to be perfect and religious, but because they trusted in God, amen, and walked in his anointing. It's time for us to get beside ourselves again. Amen, we need Pentecost again. Joy is taking a back seat to frustration. David said, I need you to restore the joy. Amen. I don't have time. I'll have to skim through this. But he said, count it all joy, James, when you fall into various trials. Oftentimes, we let the moment change us rather than let God change us in the moment. This is another reason why Pentecost has slipped away. The moments the frustrations, life has happened. And those that remember the days when they experienced God's Holy Ghost in such a mighty way have been loaded down with the cares of life. They got frustrated. Their moments began to change them. Some went through divorce and their moments begin to change them. Some had kids, amen, that were rebellious. Ex-husbands and wives that were rebellious and the moments begin to change them. Some lost their job and they were living, amen, in a good place financially and, and all this happened and everything began to cycle downhill and the moments began to change them and, and some got hurt by other people in church and the moments began to change them. But God said, I don't want the moment to change you. I want to change you in your moment. David said, Lord, restore unto me 
this moment, I'm not going to let it destroy me. My failure, I'm not going to let it destroy me. They can do what they want to, but I'm not going to let it destroy me. I know where I can find my grace and help from God. And he said, frustration has soaked the praise right out of us many times, made us weary and well-doing, got our eyes off a of due season, changed the altitude when our attitude changed because the moment changed us, affected our vision, affected your faith. We're people of joy because we know what lies ahead. Amen. One day it'll all be over. What will you do, my friend? One day, amen, the Bible said the trump of God will sound and the dead in Christ, they're going to rise up and all those who are alive and remain, and I hope that's you and me. One day we're going to be making a cup of Maxwell House coffee. Dear God, thinking, I'm about to get my day started. And all of a sudden, we're going to hear a sound clear of a trumpet from the clouds of glory. And the, I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me. How do I have joy in the midst of it all? Because they may foreclose on everything I've got, but they cannot stop the rapture and cannot stop my eternity. There's a future today. Go quickly, gotta go quickly. Said we're not, we're people of joy because we're not alone. We're we we've been forgiven. Nothing can separate us from His love. I gotta share this with you. In closing, if you will, in closing. What is that? Paul said to the church at. Philippi, he said, brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before. Notice what he said. Forgetting those things which are behind. David said, God created me a clean heart. I want to forget about this. I don't want this to be what I'm focused on, my failures. But too many have it backwards. We're remembering those things which are behind and won't let go. But we forget those things that are before us. When the truth of the matter is, we can't change yesterday, but we can change our direction today. Our hope is before us and that joy is a result of that hope. David said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. The third thing is, finally, I want to share with you that ministry suffers at the hand of complacency. When David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He was saying, I can't go on like this. Complacency is is." 
is defined as this, a feeling of contentment or self-satisfaction often combined with a lack of awareness of pending trouble of controversy. In other words, we've got satisfied and are not looking at the danger that lies before us. You know why we need the Holy Ghost? Because the devil is fighting every church across this globe. Every pastor, every praise team, every congregation member, every part of the body. The devil's fighting. That's why we need God's Holy Ghost. We can't do it without Him. And if we get complacent and think we can do it better than God can, then we might as well get on our knees and pray because we have lost our way. We can't do it better than He can. Acts chapter 2 was an experience of empowerment for the child of God. You didn't have to have the Holy Ghost to be saved. If that was the case, then the man on the cross would have got baptized in the Holy Ghost. He, got, he, didn't, he didn't have to have it. He just said, Lord, remember me. But we need the Holy Ghost. And we need that Acts 2 experience. And we don't need to evolve into a way that man thinks is better and miss out on the power. I want to see the power again. I want to see sons and daughters and husbands and wives, amen, shaken under the touch of God's Holy Ghost with repentant hearts saying, I need you, God. I need you. I want to see children gathering around their families. I remember when young folks would be seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Young people. Young people. I remember preaching a, a service in Rock Hill, South Carolina years ago. Got through preaching. Holy Ghost got to moving. And I'd never danced, really danced. I'd kind of did a jig. Y'all know what a jig is. But I never really danced in the Holy Ghost ever until that night. All of a sudden, God got to moving, and the pastor, he's going to be with the Lord now. He was up in age, but he was a wonderful man. He got to praying on one side and I got to praying on the other people were coming to the altar and I looked over and there was a 12 year old girl I didn't know how old till after the service but she was 12 years old and beside her was about a 15 year old girl and they were praying but they weren't just praying they were praying And they wanted God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. And they prayed and they prayed. I don't know how long we stayed in the altars of prayer that night. And all of a sudden I looked up and I seen that little 13-year-old girl snap her head back. And she was speaking in tongues, tears rolling down her face. The Holy Ghost come on me and I took off the dancing. I couldn't stop. The drummer kept drumming and the pianist kept singing and they just, all the musicians were going and they were, and I danced across the stage and, and bumped into the pastor. When I bumped into him, he took off dancing and we danced and couldn't stop. The world would say, you're crazy. Oh, but I'm telling you, 
Amen. I'll dance for Jesus any day before I'll dance for this world. This world wants to control you. He wants to... God wants to save you. People wanted the Holy Ghost. In the words of the psalmist, he said, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. David not only needed God's grace for his benefit, he needed God's grace. He needed God's grace for the benefit of ministry. Amen. We all need that. We need clean hearts and right spirits again. Faithful spirits again to renew our burning desire to make the churches we attend better, to promote unity and greater relationships among the body, to grow deeper in our relationship with God, to yield ourselves into the Holy Ghost who accomplishes all things. We can't go on like this. It gets mundane and we shouldn't have to when God has made every provision And he has said, he that believeth on me, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Come on, somebody. Y'all want to put a smile on the praise team's face? Let go and let God. You want to put a smile, amen, on the preacher's face? Amen. Let God use you. You want to put a smile on the whole church body? The reason why we're here is when people who are lost come and experience the chain-breaking power of God. The church will rejoice. I don't like to go for long periods of time without seeing somebody get saved. Amen. It happens quite often. Seem like it comes in seasons. But I'm believing after all this, God set the stage. And if we'll get God to renew our minds and create in us a right spirit and a clean heart, when we come on the other side of this, I believe hundreds upon hundreds upon thousands can be saved. Yes. So you can call me what you will. You can call me an uneducated, backwoods, old-time, religious, holy roller. You can call me whatever you want to. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But I'm telling you what we need today is we need clean hearts and right spirits. We can't go on this way anymore. We need people who are like David saying, God, move in me. You can stand with me where you're at, maybe in your homes. God is speaking to your heart right now. You say, preacher, I'm Pentecostal. I miss miss seeing the fullness of God moving upon the hearts and lives of people. Preacher, I, I I have failed to yield myself to the Lord but I want God to create in me a clean heart that I can focus again that I can yield again renew a right spirit within me a faithful spirit 
that God will let me be a vessel again that he can flow through, that he can use. I'm telling you, church, we need the power of Pentecost flowing in its fullness by yielded vessels again. Tendered by fear of God. Someone told me the other day, he said, I, I knew years ago that God had given me the interpretation over a, a message that was given out and I, I was so afraid to give it. And later on they found that spoke with the pastor a few days later and the pastor knew what the interpretation was and he shared it with the church and this person this person said you know I, I, I hate that and I, I'm sad that I missed it I'm sad that I didn't obey the Lord it broke my heart I can tell you this we've all broken the heart of the Lord every one of us have at some point but that don't mean God wants you to quit. He wants you to get back up. He wants you to keep pressing on. I want to encourage you today. The Bible said the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. God wants to work through you. We need a Pentecostal church to be the Pentecostal church again. The full gospel church. Not only in name but in power and experience. Father, we'll glorify you forevermore. Sing a course of that and as they're singing a course of this in closing today I want you to pray. If you need salvation Ask the Lord to save you right now. Repent of your sins and let him save you right now. Invite him in. If you need a bab the refresh baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life, again, you want to pray, God, baptize me afresh and anew. Oh, God, baptize me fresh and anew in your precious Holy Ghost. Let your glory fill that living room. Let it fill that car. As it's filling the sanctuary right now. Let your glory, yes. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. Fill that room right now. Let your glory fill that heart right now. Save that that broken sinner right now that's crying, God, I want you. I want you in my life. Father, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart. For that backslider there. Yes. God is not through with you. Come back to God. Let your glory fill Place everything. Come back to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Let your glory fill I feel the Holy Spirit is doing something in your home right now, in this church right now, in that call right now. You're going through a trial, but don't give up on God. Things didn't work out the way you wanted it to, but don't you give up on God. Oh, consuming fire, fire fall. Let your keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Somebody's getting a touch right now. God's meeting that need. Yes. Somebody. Somebody, God's giving you peace. The oppression of the enemy has weighed you down. But the Holy Ghost, God give them anointing, fresh anointing. Fresh anointing, fresh anointing, fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Let your glory feel. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Let it fill this place. Oh, mighty God. Come and your holy temple. My prayer is that God's glory has touched you today through the worship and through the word by his precious Holy Ghost. We can't go on like this, and we will not do it. We're going to press on, and we won't be defeated because we are victorious through Jesus Christ who loves us. God bless you. 
Remember tonight, revival service will begin with Brother Tim Nail. We're going to run these services live for the next few nights in lieu of our revival that we've missed out on here. Let the Lord speak to you and bless you through these services.